because you know if you had enough residual passive income coming in at 23 you could retire right now mm. but I'm, I'm not trying to i'm not trying to sell you guys a pipe dream okay it's going to take work it's going to take hard work and it's going to take what um i will call for for young black men you have to be focused okay you guys are intelligent educated handsome looking young men you are a commodity okay you have to understand your worth first though okay and you can't you have to have a now, now say my background let me give you guys a little bit of my my background before i start see i'm about to get start preaching already hey, hey hold on <laughs> let me slow down let me slow down i'm gonna slow down i'm gonna back it up okay hey, Uncle David, let us do the intro first and then we can get into it oh okay i'm sorry i'm taking over already y'all go ahead nah, nah, <laughs> like it. Like it. we appreciate it yo it's josh What's good? It's your boy Darius. What's happening? It's Matt. You are now tuned into the Dominant Decade Podcast. Let's go. I'm trapped in. I'm trapped in. I know it. Hey, I know I'm trapped. I'm trapped. I'm trapped. I know I'm trapped. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look. I heard my nigga talking about me. Whisper getting close. Uh, nigga saying breaking bread. This episode is sponsored by the Good Brothers over at Golden Wings by Friars Gate Kitchen in Irmo, South Carolina. Featured on episode seven of the podcast, this black-owned restaurant serves up the best wings and plenty of other things in Columbia. Located at 7971 North Woodrow Street, Suite 10, Jason and James are your go-to spot for wings, fish, turkey burgers, salads, and much more. Y'all make sure to check out James and Jason at Golden Wings. Now here's the episode. So welcome back to another episode of the Dominate the Decade podcast. We have a special, special guest here, David Daniels, who is an engineer, successful black man, and also happens to be my uncle. David, Uncle David, glad to have you on. Appreciate you for coming, man. I appreciate you guys for, for having me on and inviting me out. Thank you, guys. Love to share. Perfect, perfect. And we were just talking, uh, the episode was about to get started before we actually started the episode. So, uh, can you start off by giving us some information about your background, like uh, what you do, where you come from, all of that good stuff? Okay, sure. I definitely can. Again, David Daniels. Um, I'm originally from South Carolina. Um, I'm currently 48 years old. I went to the University of South Carolina for undergrad in electrical engineering, and I went on to Georgia Tech for grad school, got a master's in electrical engineering. And I've been in the industry since about 1997. So I'm 23 years in, and I'm currently a senior program manager for an aerospace company. Uh, and I live here in the Raleigh-Durham area of North Carolina. So I've been, I've been back this, this direction, the East Coast for about 12 years. I lived in Texas right after grad school. I worked at uh, Motorola which turned into Freescale, et cetera. I designed um, ICs and integrated circuits that, that go into your phones for Motorola. That's what I started out doing. So it was analog circuit design. So that was my specialty. But I've since moved into the program management field where I'm a, currently a program manager, like I said, for an aerospace company. Uh, anything else? I'm married with, with two kids, little kids. So the old man with little kids, <laughs> five-year-old and a seven-year-old. Yeah, shout out to uh, Karen and Drew, the uh, coolest kids on the block. But uh, Uncle David, um, so being a black man in a STEM field, 
has there been anything like over your years that you ran into that interesting or what's some information that you can give us about uh, working in engineering or anything STEM related? Well, I, it's even deeper than just being STEM related. It's just being a black man in America. Mm. Okay. So you have to understand yourself as a young black man that you're a commodity. When I say a commodity, you can, you can monetize yourself if you are willing to work hard and understand that there, you already have several things against you system, systematically, as you guys have seen. There's systemic, there are two systems that are op you're operating against, right? So you have to be better, you have to work harder, and you have to be able to push yourself past anything else. And I'm, I don't know if you guys can notice, what, what, what do you see is my Zoom picture? When it comes up. I don't know if you guys know who that is. I know anything about him. Yeah, we know who you guys know. Yes, sir. <laughs> I don't know who he is, but do you know that this guy was way ahead of himself? Yeah, definitely. He did a couple of things I'm going to uh, give you guys uh, in, in the outline that I have. Where that, Read up on Muhammad Ali if you can. He, he was ahead of his time. Okay, but, but being a, a black man in America, you just have to have a, you have to have a will and drive that's beyond compare. Whenever you were talking about Muhammad Ali, what are some of the things that kind of stood out to you that maybe you've implemented into your own uh, way of doing things? The first thing is he had the self-talk. He said, what? Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. People thought it was a, a gimmick, right? He was actually motivating himself. If you think about it, self-talk is important. What, what do you tell yourself when uh you know when you're by yourself what do you tell yourself when times are tough do you sit and have a pity party or do you motivate yourself can you get yourself up when it looks like everything around you is crumbling and things are tough how do you talk to yourself mm -hmm. and that's one of the things i learned from muhammad ali just looking at him he was confident he made and you know he that's how his outward appearance was confident right so you believed him you never know what was going on internally because he made you believe he was going to win, right? That's how you got to be. You got to be that person. Mm. And you don't have to be as boister, um, boi um, boisterous as he is. You can be the quiet, confident guy. You see what I'm saying? As long as you believe in yourself. Mm. Yeah, that, that's interesting. And uh, being the person that he was, um, obviously he dominated in multiple different uh rings and different stuff but he was also an activist and he spoke a lot about the black experience and he was uh fighting for our people so that was definitely good to see and it's, it's cool to see how some of those things are being resurfaced now um now that that is even more important uh today yeah it actually makes it actually makes me angry because we're talking 1960s 50s and 60s and we're going through the same thing now in 2020 it actually says, how far have we come, really? I know we've had a black president and we have a um, candidate that's a vice for vice president, a black female, uh, and also Asian Indian. But at the same time, we're still fighting. If you looked at the signs and the chance that they were making in the 60s, they'd be applicable today. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 50 well, years, 50 some years later. Yeah. So that, that just goes to show you there's a lot, there's a long, there's a lot more we got to do. Yeah. And I'm glad you guys are on this podcast because the first part, I think, for all, especially young black men, is to become financially independent. Mm -hmm. You could become financially independent, then guess what? You can't be controlled. 
When you say financially independent, what do you mean? Where you no longer have to work for your money. Where your money is going to make money regardless. Okay, like they can't stop a Bill Gates from making money. The money's going to come into Bill Gates regardless, unless Microsoft is going to go out of business. Is Microsoft going out of business? And so he has also diversified himself to a point where half the world could blow up and he still is making money. Okay. I know that's a kind of a dire tone, but I'm just saying you have to have, you have to have become financially independent to a degree. Mm. And and that's, that's part of um, some of the things I'm definitely wanting you guys to to focus on. We're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah. So with, uh, things kind of being the same or you see some of the same things going on uh, like they were in the fifties or sixties to now, what are some of the things that you think have changed over that span uh, for the better for not just black males, but for the whole black experience? Okay. So let's, let me make sure I get one thing straight. I wasn't around in the sixties. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I came along in the (laughs) seventies, but I, I one of my uh, minors when I was at USC was um, African American studies, okay. and so I read up on um, everything that was going on from the beginning. Since we were here in so the year sixteen nineteen was when the first Africans came that were in, that were documented as being uh, in bondage. So we're talking four hundred years um, as of last year of of where us coming to this particular continent. So what have I seen that have improved? Okay. Well, one of the things, I went to a high school that was 98% black, 98, 99% black. And it was a 1A high school. I don't know if y'all know the classifications of of high schools. I think they still do 1A, 2A. Yeah, they do. Okay. So my school was a 1A school. So we had a very, in fact, my class, there were 51 students in my class that graduated from high school. Yeah. And it was far in a far inferior school from the sense of the the, uh, the money that we received for support. Now, now, granted, this is in high school, okay? I graduated 1990, okay? In the same district, we had a 4A high school that would received all the money, okay? So we're talking I, things I've seen myself that I don't have to look back at the history to say, okay, why was that the case? You know, to me, it was just high school, right? But then when I look back on it, I realized it was still separate and unequal, okay? Now, I think you guys probably went to schools that were well more diversified than um, my school was. Um, the, the 4A high school was more diverse than back in the 50s and 60s, of course. They had a very good mix of, of, of population. But because of where we lived, I, went to the, I had to go to the 1A high school. So things have changed. Their opportunities abound. You, uh, you, no one has an excuse anymore from the sense of there is opportunity, although there are the hidden underlying um, systemic uh, racism things that still exist, you still can ha- have the opportunity and do whatever you want to do. The sky's the limit, I guess what I'm trying to say. So with going to such a small high school and being from such a uh, rural area, that's one thing that I do know, Walterboro, South Carolina. Um, oh, yeah. Did you face any hardships uh, becoming an electrical engineer or uh, being in school? Were there any things that were stopping you from reaching your full potential? Oh, absolutely. There was there were just the uh, level of competition. Okay, you need iron sharp as iron. Okay, you need to know 
you don't know what you don't know until you know it. Okay. So for example, my, uh, in, in 12th grade, I actually wanted to take AP classes. We didn't have AP classes at my school. I had to go to the 4A high school for half a day to take AP classes against their top, top folks. Like I graduated valedictorian from my, from my school, from high school. So I went to school in the afternoon to take the AP English, AP uh, math classes with the valedictorian, salutatorian, et cetera, the top students at their school. And what it showed me was I was getting better grades than they were. So I, that, that actually boosted my confidence once um, I started going to the uh, AP classes there. So that's why I'm saying to you guys, you got to work on that self-talk and believe in yourself. So, but yeah, th those were some, some of the disadvantages. I had to go to another school to take some AP classes because there was not the opportunity to do it at my school. Gotcha. And then what made you decide to attend the University of South Carolina? They paid me. Simple enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy, pretty simple. They paid me to go to school. So I was like, hey, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. So I, I got a bunch of scholarships, of course. And yeah. um, for to stay in school. And I also, I, I, I like USC as well, too. It was a pretty good engineering program. Um, and it was uh, my, my sister, Josh's mom, lived in Columbia. So there were free, free laundry, free food. Hey, I had it made. Couldn't, couldn't pass that up. <laughs> were y'all at the Swearinger Engineering Center at yeah. that time? Yeah, Swearingen okay. opened a couple years earlier. Yep, brand, okay. it was brand new building. I don't know what it looks like now, but yeah, it was it was pretty pretty dope back then. Uh, you said that you were uh, an AFAM minor, which is what I was. Okay. Uh, and me and Josh, we actually met in an African American Studies class. So, like, what are some of the classes that you took while you were at USC, and like maybe some of like the professors and whatnot? Oh man, now you're having me go back. 20 some years is that what you're asking me to do with them? <laughs> <laughs> or just give us some main things you took from them either way um, yeah man i tell you what i have a collection of books the main thing i got from there was to do your research do your read the history read mm -hmm. the books like i got i got a i got seven books here i was recommending at the end six books one of them is the miseducation of the negro by carter g woodson mm -hmm. for us to understand number one you have to, if, if you don't know your history, you're going to repeat it. And so you got to understand what, and, and that's during that time, that that's what drove me. What motivated me was understanding what our people went through and still survived. It made me realize, you know what? I can't be here at USC wasting time playing spades down in, in, in the student student union all night long. So I would be coming from the engineering building two or three o'clock in the morning it would be, I'm like, what, is a party going on or something? People are playing spades <laughs> all weekend long. It's crazy. But those those classes and those books that I read in the African-American studies class, it helped me understand that it was bigger than just me. Mm -hmm. So it seems like you had a level head from a young age. Um, and you, you kind of saw the long-term effects of things. So what were some of the things that you being a 48 year old man would look back and tell 22 year old, 23 year old David, even though that you had some of these things that uh, were already set up in your favor and that you already had going on. What are some things that you can look back on now and say, hey, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that? Well, and Josh, here's the thing. I'm gonna sound just like my daddy. <laughs> All the things he told me, 
that I was too dumb to understand at the time, but thankfully they sunk in. Yeah. <laughs> so, but here is, here is project management David talking now. So I'm going to take what my father told me, wrap the project management around it so you can disseminate it and, and come up with a plan. Okay. So here, here, here's, I'm, so I'm going to start in my formal, some formal stuff now, if you guys don't mind. Okay. Number one, there are three rules of project management. I want you guys to take this to heart. The first rule, you must have a plan. Okay. You guys just graduating or about to graduate. And what, what kind of plan am I talking about? You have to think with the end in mind, what is your exit strategy? What age do you want to retire? What, how much money is it going to take for you to retire? You have to start thinking about that now and come and that's how you develop your plan. You say, okay, what's a good lifestyle I want to do? Do I want to get married? Do I want to have kids? How many kids I want to have? Is college, the cost of college increasing or decreasing? It's increasing. Is lifestyle increasing or decreasing? The cost of living increasing. So a six figure income used to be the target when I was growing up. Because you know, six figures, my money went along farther away then. How much is it going to be when you guys get my age? Who knows? Okay, I'm gonna ask y'all, what's a good salary? If you if you thought of a good salary, what's a good salary? If you got to this number, you'd be set. What's the number? We're gonna go, we're gonna start with a Darius. <laughs> uh... oh, 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 no, no, no. Darius, don't say anything. I want y'all three to write it down. I don't want each one of y'all to know what the other said. Write it down on a piece of paper, make it big so I can see it. And I want all three of you, we're going to take one, we're going to take 30 seconds. I want you to write it down and I want you to show me all at the same time. And I'm going to show, I'm going to, I'm going to see how, how, how you guys think. So take about 30 seconds, write down a, a good salary. If you got to this number in salary, you'd be set. All right. Are we talking entry level? Are we talking? Uh... <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the criteria. If you got to this number, you could take care of your you, your family. You'd be set. You would not have to worry about nothing else. Now, don't make it something crazy, of course, <laughs> but something you believe you realistically can get to in your career. If you want to be, what number would that be? So we're going to start. So I have, so let's go. I see y'all right. Think about it. And see, it should be something quick. It's, you should already have the number in your mind. Who's ready? Darius, you're this on. Is okay. a, this is a salary, right? Yeah, you're set from a job. That's right. It's a salary. Okay. That's right. Yeah, I got mine. You got your number? I got Matthew, mine. you got your number? Oh, yeah. Josh, you got your number? Sir. On three. Lift them up. So it's the camera. One, two, three. Oh, Back up just a little bit of Darius. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hey, hey, for the audience, uh, I put up 200000 Matt put up 250000 Darius put up 750000 So, Darius, you, you, in, what, you, you in the NBA now? You on the bench on the NBA? <laughs> hey, Darius, big money at Darius, man. man. <laughs> he wants three quarters of a million from his job. <laughs> That's awesome. That's about what some CEOs get, though. A lot of them get a lot more, more than that, but most CEOs are, are or CFOs, et cetera, make about uh, but about that amount. Hey, that's that uh, that civil rights lawyer money. That <laughs> for sure. Ooh, so yeah, we gotta update y'all on that one. That dream uh, plans plans have changed. I will say. <laughs> okay. We gonna discuss. Okay. We gonna discuss. Yeah. But uh, Uncle Dave, let me know when you guys are ready. 
yeah, Uncle David, what was the uh, the point of us doing that? What was the reasoning? The point was I want you to focus. You got to think in your mind, okay? You don't. How big can you dream? What is you know you know what I'm saying? You have to. You don't know what's out there until you see it, okay? That was one of the great things uh, going back to high school is I actually played in the band, okay? And we we traveled. We went to DC, we went to New Orleans, we went all over the place. And it was like, wow, little kid from Walterboro is experiencing all these other different things that are out there. That helped me dream bigger and meeting different people from different different locations and places. And so now with the advent of the internet, et cetera, and, and just communications, you guys, the sky, the sky is the limit. So 750,000 is not unreasonable. There are people who are doing webcasts and they're doing YouTube videos, Facebook videos. These people are making three and $400,000 just making stupid videos, okay? Yeah. Now, I think that's a gift and a curse because it's, it's getting people to think that success is just easy. Yeah, I'd agree. You know what I'm saying? And they want that microwave, get rich quick type deal. I want to do a, a risk my life taking a, a selfie on the edge of a cliff just to get a couple of views type deal. Now, what I'm talking about Ooh. is success that's generational. Okay. That's what I think as, as black people, we need to be focused on creating generational wealth, massive wealth, not rich being wealthy. Okay. Cause rich, you can lose overnight, but wealth, you, you, you can pass that on to your, kids, kids, kids. Okay. And that's kind of where we're going. So that was, that was the first rule of project management. You must have a plan and that's that plan for your exit strategy. The second rule. Now here's, here's, here's the key. You have to plan that nothing will go as planned. Okay. You have to expect that your plan won't go as planned. And that means, which goes to number three, the third rule, you must be flexible and willing to adjust. Okay, now this is this is critical because the good thing is this. If you have a plan, that means you're going to have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, a plan D. Okay, and you have to be thinking through why you want to do that. This is why it's going to be so important for you guys to understand the why. Why are you doing this to keep yourself motivated? Because you, 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 I'm sure you guys have heard you take two steps forward, you take three steps back. Right. Mm -hmm. But then you keep going. Okay, or you take three steps forward and two back. It's got to be a plus. That's still a plus one. Three forward, two back. But the key is, if as you're making progress, you got to start looking. Okay, why am I doing this? And I, I'm, I like the fact that you guys are all good friends because you want to be able to find some people you can bounce your ideas off of. And if you guys like you, you guys remind me of the three guys that are around around LeBron James, right? They all went to school to manage the business that LeBron was creating. Now they're creating wealth for everybody, okay? So if you guys can stay tight, you find your group of guys like y'all, you stay tight, you bounce your ideas, and not everything is gonna be gonna work perfectly. That's okay. Failure, you've tried, Muhammad Ali lost the belt a couple times, but he won it back every time, okay? Um, so those are the three rules, that's where I start. Now, in, any questions, because I, I don't, I don't wanna, because I also have what I call some finance. I'm going to focus mainly on some financial things yeah. because I, like I started saying in the very beginning, I think it for, for, for black people in general, but specifically for black men, you want to become 
financially independent as soon as possible. Yeah. What What are your just ideas and thoughts about building generational wealth in the black community? Okay. So that's a very, very great question. Very good question. And it's very deep. And, uh, but it's, it's not super complicated, but it takes a couple of steps to get prepared to do that. The, and the first, the first, I have like six steps that I've put together um, to help get on that path. Okay. And again, I titled it at the very beginning, what would 48 year old David tell 23 year old David? So the first, first part is going to be this. You have to control every dollar that goes, comes into your pocket. Regardless of the source, you have to know where every dollar goes. Okay. I, I tell my wife and my kids this all the time. You have to inspect what you expect. Okay. You, if you, if you're saying that you want to do X, Y, Z, you got to inspect for that. In other words, you, a business, how often do they review their finances? They have to look at them all the time, right? Right. Same thing for you. If you have a plan, you're trying to get somewhere financially, um, you have to understand where that's going. So step one, I always, and I, I, in controlling your money, you got to have a budget, okay? You want to understand, okay, where's my money going? Who am I getting rich, right? I mean, are you getting Sprint rich? Are you getting Time Warner Cable rich? Are you getting the mall rich? Who are you getting rich? Um, I've never been one that's like a, a super name brand for per se, right? Like, uh, of course I have, I have a couple pair of Jordans, but I've had them for ever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I actually wore them. <laughs> I didn't have mine sitting on a shelf somewhere trying to make money off of them in 20 years, nothing like that. But I wasn't the type that was at the mall buying down the mall. Okay. But I'm not talking about, if someone does that fine, that's on them. But what I want you guys to get to, I want you to think about this. If you could, here's, here's a simple, if you can get to this perspective, this is simple, very simple. For every, imagine how much you would save and how much you would have if you could save 25 cents from every dollar that you brought into your house. If you yourself could live, could, could get yourself disciplined enough to make, to save 25 cents out of every dollar, that's where eventually you want to get to. Because then, and then you you now are living on the other one. Now that's with the taxes, et cetera, living expenses, et cetera, for the other 75 cents, okay? But that's kind of where I'm going with it. But think think of that as your ultimate goal, where you can say, for every dollar that comes into my household, I'm going to put aside 25 cents of it for myself, either investments, et cetera. That's where you want to get to, okay? That's in a nutshell, the simplicity of where we're trying to go. But how are we going to get there? All right, first thing is this. You guys want to have what I call a rainy day emergency stash, okay? As soon as you possibly can, save $2,500 to $5,000, okay, that you don't touch, okay? Put it in something that you can't get access to really easily, okay? You can do some type of money market account or a CD that's like a six-month, 12-month, or a two-year CD. Um, it's not going to be earning a lot of money in a CD, but you won't be able to take it out. The whole purpose is it's a rainy day stash just in case it takes a little time to get it out. Now you say, well, why 2,500 to 5,000? Well, I have in, in my 48 years, I've only seen maybe one or two emergencies that required more than $2,500 immediately. 
okay? And it's usually someone is really sick and you got to get an airline ticket that's going to be $1,500 or something like that. Or if someone was in an accident, you got to get there, okay? And so you're going to have to get the last minute ticket or something like that. Those are the only things I've seen. Um, but you want to keep 2500 just as a cushion so that you say, okay, I haven't seen anything that's going to require more than that, but okay, that's good. You put that aside, boom, you're done with that. And then the next one, like I said, you get your budget, okay? <clears throat> now, in that budget, here's the note I put down here. Now, th you guys are going to say, this is kind of weird. The first thing is this, you tithe first. You know what I'm saying there? Tithe, okay? 10% off the top. I don't know if you believe in God, whatever you believe in, whatever higher power, what organization you support that's helping people, 10% support that. Now you'll say, well, why is that the case? I'm going to tell you this. I have been tithing all my life and I can tell you this. I have never been able to outgive God. That's what I can tell you now. He always has supplied more than I, what I put out. And in fact, I'm at the point now where I give at the level I'm trying to get to. So if I want to make $750,000, now you got you have to think about where you are now. I'm not saying go crazy, be crazy. Don't that's not what I'm saying, but just just think through that, okay? And I I'll, I'll leave that where it's at. And then the second one is you're paying yourself, okay? You do those two things, everything else is going to be pretty pretty straightforward and pretty simple. Now, the third step, that was step 2, controlling your money. Rainy day stash was number 1. Number 3, you wanna eliminate your consumer debt, okay? Consumer debt, credit cards, bank cards, store cards, personal loans. And when I was at USC, they were giving away free t-shirts if you get a credit card. I don't know if they were still doing that, but- um, <laughs> They still do. I had, I had three free t-shirts and, and three credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> That's the oldest trick in the book, whatever you Oh, absolutely. You sign in on the first day, have the credit card table set up just in case of emergency. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. So the school was paying me to go to school, but then I was turning around, giving it right back to Citibank. <laughs> so that was stupid. So learn from me. Don't do that. Okay. So eliminate your consumer debt. Cash is king. And I'm going to tell you now, this is going to be, this is really serious about the next wave when I'm telling you guys as much cash as you can keep and on hand or access to, because they're going to be inevitable recessions, downturns, like look where we are right now, right? If you had $5,000, $10,000 just cash laying around, I want y'all to think about this. Delta Airlines, Carnival Cruise Lines, Wells Fargo Bank are all down. I want you to look at their stock. If you put that money in those companies right now, in two years, three years, four years, when the economy comes back up, those stocks are going to triple. You've just tripled your money. How much? How much do you get at a savings account? Do you guys know what interest rates you get earn on your um, savings account? Maybe like three percent. Yeah, I know. I know it's super low. It's point one percent. Wow. Now let me ask you another question. This goes back to consumer debt. Um, if you got a car car loan, how much do you have to pay in interest? If you 4%, had to take four percent, right? So let's say that's a great rate for a car. <laughs> but it's about right. So let's say so they're earning four percent and they're paying you point one percent. That's forty times 
that they're earning. You you, you see the, di the difference there? Yeah. yeah they're earning forty x what they're paying you. Right. That's why the banking industry is the biggest scam going. I'm like, how do I start my own bank? That's what I'm trying to figure <laughs> out. <laughs> but um, so so I always say it like this: Are who's who are you? Somebody are you somebody else's best investment? And that's what you are when you're credit. You have credit card debt. You're somebody else's best investment. They can count on you every month for 19 to 24 percent. Now that's crazy. That's what credit cards are at, right? About 19 to 24 percent interest. Yes. Now you're earning 0.1 percent. They're earning 25 percent. Can you say 250 times they're earning more than you what they're giving you? Anyway, I'm gonna get off that real quick. Hey, wait before you before you get off that one. So, what do you say about people that? I guess kind of say, hey, you should be building your credit. You should be using these credit cards to, uh, I guess, build a line of credit so that later down the line you can buy a house or you can be able to afford a car. What do you say about that? First, you tell those people, I don't need credit cards to do that. I can do that with a credit card mm. that I pay off every month. I use mine. I have American Express where I earn miles for, De for Delta that we pay off every month. I use it like I was just I was just at the grocery store. I use the card, but I send them a check every month to pay it off so I don't pay them interest. Oh, okay. okay. So you 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 use and this is a good people you say that word is a bad word. It's not a bad word. It's a good word. Use is a good word. Your company, your job, my job is using me. I'm using them too. <laughs> they send me a check every every time. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to understand that you're you're going to be used. Somebody is going to use you, but you have to understand what am I getting out of the relationship? If 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 this relationship is not benefiting me, although I'm being and I'm being used, then something's wrong. You need to think through that one. When the when the company no longer needs your services, they will let you go. Right? right? Okay. So the but the better thing is when you're finished using them, you let them go. That's what we're going to talk to you guys about trying to do. You can let the company go and give your job to somebody that needs it. Okay, that's where we're going. So, yes, Josh, to finish that question, yes, you can use a credit card. That's a, that's a great thing. Get a, get a credit card. Now, if you get an American Express, you may have to get like a Visa or MasterCard because not every place takes American Express. So I do have a, 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 another card as well. Um, but you use the card and pay it off at the at the end of the month so you get no interest. And yes, you will build you will build credit. There's another way you can do it as well too. You can go to the bank or a credit union, and you can do what's called a secured loan, where you put three hundred, five hundred dollars in the bank, and they'll give you a loan against the money that's secured by your five hundred dollars you put in the bank. That also builds credit. So, but if you do, if you do have, you guys probably already have credit cards. Just pay them off at the end of the month. If you get to that point you'll realize I am not, I'm not someone else's best investment, okay? And you will build credit. I'm glad you went there, Josh, because that's the next one. Because we want to get to where you improve your credit score. That's actually step four. You say, well, why do I want to have a good credit score? Now, this is getting to that next level of what we're going to talk about. You want to pay the least amount to use other people's money. You guys old enough to, to know what the song OPP is? Yes, sir. Who You know the group who sang that? That was Naughty by Nature, right? Naughty by Nature. Now, it stood for something else, but the principle is the same. <laughs> In this case, we're using money, okay? 
other people's money because that means that's less of your money that's at risk if you can use other people's money. Now the key is, can you use how, what rate can you get their money at? Okay. <clears throat> and it's just like having a partner. You have the, the partner that's, that's the bankroll in all of your, your adventures and, and businesses that you're going to come up with. If you have a very good credit score, then you can borrow money at the lowest interest rate. Do you guys, um, have you guys pulled your credit reports anytime uh, recently? You can go to annualcreditreport.com and get it for free once a year. Okay. But you want to be able to leverage that. That's, that gives you what's called leverage. You can leverage other people's money at the lowest interest rate because not all debt is bad. Okay. Now, and I'm telling you to do that because I'm going to, the fifth one is how you're going to start creating that generational wealth. Here's how it's going to go, guys. This is, this is 48 year old David talking to 23 year old David. You want to start building your cash flow. Here is how you do it simply. Okay, now, <clears throat> you guys are sitting in chairs right now, right? Do right. your chairs have wheels or you have chairs have legs on? Legs. legs. How many legs are on your chair? Four. Four. Uh, Darius, are you in wheelchair? A wheelchair? Or does yours have legs too? I'm sitting on a bed right now, actually. <laughs> okay. How many <laughs> legs does the bed have? Uh, it has four. Okay. Yep. Now, how many sources of income do you have coming in? Three. That's good. I, I got about. That's a tripod. Tripod can stand up on its own. Uh, two, two, three. I got one. Okay, unicycle <laughs> still rolls. Yeah. <laughs> but it requires a little more work on your part. Yes, sir. And two, uh, let's see, what's the, what's the two-legged, two -legged, where we walk, people walk, but cars have four wheels. Beds have four wheels. Chairs have four wheels. You want to have at least four sources of income. They had, they used to tease people, are you Jamaican? You have all these jobs. Well, hey, here's how you come back to them. I have four jobs, but I got four four sources of income and money coming in. How many? How much money you got coming in? No, but anyway, you don't, you don't want to brag about it. You actually want to be the quiet guy that no one sees coming. And you don't want to live at the lifestyle. You understand what I'm saying? You don't want to be flashy. Don't do that. Don't draw attention to yourself. I never want it to be like the Michael Jordan type where you can't go anywhere. You follow me? I want to be the guy that can go to the movies. I can do whatever with my family and nobody knows who I am. <laughs> but you still look in the bank, you're like, wow, okay. I like how Jay-Z said it. He said that paper trail is gorgeous. Mm. <laughs> That's how I want it, okay? So that gets into step five, build your cash flow. So, okay, gentlemen. Here, let me give you one tip. All right, you guys are about to embark on your beginning of life. I had the opportunity when I first got out of grad school. Okay, I was 20, um, I was about 25 years old. I moved to Texas, to Austin, Texas. I rented an apartment. <clears throat> Don't rent an apartment. I could have bought a quadplex or at least a duplex. Live in one side, rent the other side out. You said, well, I'm 23 years old. I don't know nothing about no land, being a landlord. Guess what? There are books out there to teach you. The internet has videos. You can research and do your own homework and figure this thing out. It's not complicated. Think about it. You, have, you guys lived in dormitories, right? right? Yes, sir. You've, 
your 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 parent you may already own a property. I don't know. Do you guys own properties already? No, sir. No, I do yeah. <laughs> Real estate is one of the best ways to create generational wealth. Cause I because I want you to think about it like this. God is not creating any more land unless there's volcanic activity. <laughs> okay? That's the only way land is gonna be created. And, and California's going under the water soon. Sorry, Josh. Jeez. But <laughs> I know you're moving out that way, but no time soon. Okay, you'll be fine. That's good. So, um, what I would recommend for you guys, if you can find one, okay, now they may not be in the greatest of neighborhoods, but again, you're not trying to be flashy. Don't bring your 55 inch TV up in there in the daytime, at least. Don't bring it in during the day. Always move at night. That's another thing. Move at night. <laughs> All right. So if you can get a duplex, I always say multifamily. I, I, single family homes are, unless you got a lot, four or five rooms where you can rent out the rooms to people. Because Josh, I know that's one of the things you were talking about because it's just so expensive where you're going, nephew. But um, if you can get a duplex or a quadplex, preferably a quadplex if you can, um, then I would definitely do it. Now, you say, well, well, well how am I going to buy that? You got to have a down payment, right? Well, good thing is this. First-time home buyer, and this is what my wife is going to talk to you guys about, being a first-time home buyer. She's, she, my wife's a realtor, and, um, and uh, we'll, we'll talk through that dynamic with you guys. But you, you qualify for some 100% some financing, potentially, so $0 down, and you only get it for your first-time home buyer, okay? So I want you to look, do the math this way. Let's say, um, I don't know how much how much rent is now. How much is rent in Columbia right now for for a nice place? I would say a Darius would probably know the best because I didn't. How much a Darius? Uh, so I would probably estimate probably about fifteen hundred for like a nice place a month. Fifteen hundred dollars, and what size is that? Three bedroom, two bath. Yeah, that that would probably get you around like a three bedroom. Okay, fifteen hundred dollars is about um, the cost of a house that's about two hundred fifty thousand or more. What do you mean by that? So the to finance a house for thirty years of about three hundred thousand, and you can go to bankrate.com, bankrate.com, do their mortgage calculators. And it'll show you what the, the principal and interest is on a um, a property. You can put, what's the value? 300000 What's my interest rate? Okay. And they'll, they'll show you what general interest rates are right now in whatever area you're looking at. And they'll tell you, here's how much it's going to cost you a month. But that's about a $300,000 house. Okay. Now, I want you guys to think about this. So you're putting $1,500 out a month. Okay. Times 12, how much is that? That's <laughs> fifteen hundred. That's three thousand. All right, times with about another three thousand. Plus three thousand. So is that thirty? Mm. Go ahead. Eighteen thousand. Right. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Boom. Good. <laughs> you know, I hope y'all not trying to do that new math. <laughs> <laughs> There's a funny video I'm gonna have to send y'all. This is hilarious. <laughs> so right, that's. $18,000 a year 
that's going where? To someone else. You're somebody else's best investment. They can count on you for eighteen thousand a year. Cha ching. Now let's let's reverse that. Okay. Let's say you get a, a duplex for three hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Now you charge a per, charge somebody a thousand dollars on the on one side. You stay on the other side for five hundred dollars. Okay. You just cut your your expenses in half for for uh, for the home, and somebody else is paying a thousand dollars of that. So they're paying twelve thousand. You're paying six thousand. Is that a pretty good deal? Mm. And guess what? You're building equity. So this property, this eighteen thousand that you're spent. So you you agree that eighteen thousand is being spent somewhere, right? You're either spending it in an apartment, or you're spending it on your mortgage. Who does it benefit when it's going on your mortgage? Yourself, right? There you go. Because your rental property. Now I'm getting a little deep. Now the rental property is going to be a bank account that you can use later on. Let me explain what I'm saying. I have two kids, okay, five and seven. My daughter will be going to college in about 11 years, right? How do you pay for college? You start thinking about things like this. Okay, my plan is 100 properties, okay? Let's say those properties, we're going to do some simple math real quick. 100 properties, let's say they're valued at 100,000. What's that, what's that um, portfolio look like? What's the value of that portfolio? A hundred times a hundred is what? Thousand, no, hundred times ten thousand. Yeah. Right. So that's a portfolio of ten million dollars. Right. If if each if each property is worth a hundred thousand, that's ten million dollar net worth. Right. Hmm. Now, if my daughter needs to go to school, and it costs two hundred fifty thousand, I sell three properties. I still have how many? 97. 97. Right? Yep. Yeah. I paid yeah. cash for college. And I got $50,000 in my pocket. So guess what I can do? I can buy her a car if she needs one. Or guess what else I can do? I can put a down payment on a house for her when she graduates. That's how generational wealth is created. Because now she is not behind the eight ball with all this college debt that you're hearing about kids trying to pay off. Right. right? But guess what? I'm not going to tell her that because she better get some scholarships <laughs> and work hard. You follow what I'm saying? But again, you got to have a plan and you got to also have a backup plan. Okay. And you as the man have to have backup plans. Okay. I'm just telling you guys, this is just a little secret. Now, now, if you, I, y'all, def, I definitely would, Josh, want to get into the females mm-hmm. because I, man, they can cost you a lot of money, or they can help you make a lot of money. <laughs> Ooh, that's a golden rule. So, oh man, that that that's probably for another podcast. Yeah. That's for, that's for an after dark podcast. How about that? <laughs> y'all not ready for that one. We'll leave that one for another day, but let let me back up really quick here. So you've been kind of phrasing this to, uh, as you talking to your younger self, how would you suggest someone that is 22, 23, just graduating college, 
get into real estate investing, doing some of these things that you're alluding to now? Okay. I'll tell you exactly how to do it. My first property was that I used as a rental was the house I bought in Texas. Okay. Now I bought a single family. I had the opportunity to buy a multifamily, but I bought a single family because that was quote unquote, what everybody else was doing. First big mistake. Don't follow the crowd. All right. Um, so that's how I would suggest you guys get into it. That's why I'm telling you guys research multifamilies because I think it would be a, that I know for sure. That's what I would have done. I would have got a multifamily. Okay. And that's how I, my first foray was where I was going to live. I'm going to have to pay. I'm either have to pay rent or I'm going to start making, building equity. So if, if I had to do all over again, now I'm not necessarily suggesting that that's the first thing you do, because you, if you're moving to a new area, you need to find out if you like the area first, you know what I'm saying? Cause if you just go get a property and you'd be like, Oh man, this is the worst terrible area that I'm living in right now, especially a new city. So maybe rent for six months to a year until you figure out number one, are you going to stay with the company? And number two, is this, does this look like an area where I want to be in? So that, that's, that would be my first way. You do that, save up some money. That's why it's critical to get that 5,000 saved up and live, live below your means because, and, and, and take advantage of that first time home buyer, which you potentially can get a hundred percent financed loan where you don't have to put no money out of your pocket. And there are also programs and my wife will be better to talk to you guys about this part of it. There are programs available for first time home buyers where they can do assistance on down payments, et cetera. So it'd be little to no money out of your pocket. And, and that's why I say with that first, first rip, they count a multifamily as a residence because you're going to live in one side. It's going to be what's called owner occupied. Okay, I have two questions for you real quickly. Uh, one, yeah. you said it earlier, and I just wanted like for you to go in more detail. What exactly is a CD? And I know that the government generally doesn't do things just for the people's like benefit. So what is their benefit for having first-time home buyers, uh, like programs and stuff like that? Oh, it's always they're always going to get a benefit out of it, <laughs> Matthew. There's no doubt. It's called property taxes. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. They're, they're going to get their. They believe they're going to get more of the taxes. They're going. Trust me, they're going to get their money now. They're not going to give it to you for free. It's never free. Right. Okay. There's, there's always, there's a trade-off. It's like the, the bait It's not, I don't want to call it bait and switch because it's a great program, but yeah. it's like a, a lost leader. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that term? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the grocery store gets you in the store with the little flyer talking about that you can get, you can get uh, steaks for 50 cent a pound or something crazy. Then you go through the aisle and you realize, man, everything else is marked up. That's how Walmart made their killing on everybody. Everybody think they're saving money at Walmart. No, you're not. Some <laughs> things are more expensive. Right. But it's a great business plan. Now, a CD is a certificate of deposit. Okay. It's, it's more of um, what they're talking through is they have a higher yield because you have them for a certain term. Okay. So your certificate of deposit, they have a higher requirement. Like, for example, you, some certificates of deposit, you have to put a minimum of $10,000 in the bank in order to earn these. And, and let me give you the highest, the highest one I found was for a five year, um, which is 60 months CD. In other words, you put $5,000 in, you can't touch it for five years. Let me give here's the interest rate on that. 3.32%. <laughs> I 
So would you say that's good or is that bad or what? That's terrible. Mm. Inflation <laughs> is over 4%. Mm. Okay. These, these are just ways the banks, okay. The, I'm telling you, man, the bank banking is the, is the best scheme out there. I wish I could own a bank. That's my, that's my ultimate goal to own a bank because the requirement, and this was a few years ago, the requirement, this is how banking works. You put a million dollars in the bank, cash, okay? The bank can turn around and loan up to $21 million out based on that security, quote unquote, of the million dollars you put in, somebody put in. That's why you see people do runs on banks, the banks run out of money. How in the world the bank run out of money? <laughs> Have you ever seen that? Have you ever heard that? Yeah, heard of it. Because they actually don't have the money in the bank, what they loaned out. But think of that. They had a million dollars in, but they were able to loan out 20 million. Where did the other 19 million dollars come from? So you, okay. you see what I'm saying? They're yeah. making money on nothing. Yeah. That's the best scam there is. <laughs> And I don't want to say scam because it's our banking system, but hey, this, hey, they don't have 19 million additional money to loan out, but they're making their interest on it, aren't they? Yeah. Sure. And here's the crazy part. They get to sell that loan, quote unquote, that they just gave you to somebody else. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you guys. Woo. Hey, Once you're under, you got to become financially literate, man. I'm telling you. Uncle David, it sounds like we need to open up a bank uh, pretty soon. The Dominate the Decade Bank coming soon, guys. Yep. Gotta get some capitalism. <laughs> hey man, uh, there's a movie. There's a movie. Um, me and my wife actually gonna watch. It. It's called The Banker, where um, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, I saw it. Great movie. Great movie. Have you already seen it? Have you already seen it? Yeah, I saw it. It's a pretty good movie. Whenever they talk about redlining and stuff like that, yeah, oh, that was man. A good movie. I'm telling you. And see, that's just some of the and see now we go back to the redlining, how they did us as black people is really disheartening. But um that's why I say you gotta become financially independent, gentlemen. Got to. Now uh you said you had two questions, um, Matthew. What was the second one? Oh, that was it. It was the C D and then it was the home buyer program. So you answered both of them. Okay. All right. Um, and that's interesting that you bring up redlining, uh, Matt and Uncle David, too. I was just talking to uh, Anshu and Bray earlier today about uh, some of the redlining things. So really excited to get her on the podcast in the future. And that, that leads to my next question. What are some of the benefits of doing business with your wife or your significant other that you feel like are there? Oh, man, I can tell you. I, I alluded to it a little earlier, guys. If you find the wrong woman, and vice versa for a lady, because I'm sure there's some ladies that probably listen to you guys' podcast. It, you're doomed. Well, well, because there's going to be so much energy spent mm. where you can't focus. You see what I'm saying? It's going to be negative. It's going to be a drain on your energy. Okay. But if you find the right person, and this is why this is why it's going to be this is why it's critical. We need to have that conversation at some point, gentlemen, where we start talking about okay. If I'm 23, here's 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 48 year old David talking to 23 year old David as well, because I believe I wasted a lot of time. You guys are handsome young men. You're going to be, and I started out saying you're a commodity. You educated. You're an educated black man that's going to make 
decent money in America. You're like you're like the unicorn. Okay, <clears throat> there are going to be so many women coming after you that could distract you. Okay, now I'm not saying don't live your life and, and be 23. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if you guys put your head down for 10 years, where where I'm not saying you don't have fun, but you focus on your business and what I call improving you, becoming the best you, guess what you're going to find? You're going to find that girl that's serious about her business, that's got her, her head on straight. She got good values. That's going to be key. And she she's going to be running just as hard as you are. She's going to be intelligent. She's going to be beautiful. She's going to be about her business. And she ain't about no games. And she is going to be, and you're going to look up. You're going, man, everywhere I go, this girl is here. Because she's going to have similar interests as you are. You follow what I'm saying? Right. And then you're going to realize, man, me and this girl are actually friends. And that's when you start realizing, okay, all this frivolous stuff that you see on TV, oh, forget that, man. You don't want nobody like that. Because as quick as you got them, they can go as quick too. You want to find somebody that's got your back, that you ain't got to worry about what, what's going on with the kids at the house. And that you're saying, man, my kids, they're not learning nothing from this lady. I don't want my daughter to grow up like this. You see what I'm saying? You want somebody that, and I always say it like this. Now, depending on who, how your mom was. Now, I'm not, I don't know any of you guys, but except Josh, of course. You would say, I want somebody like my mom. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? Somebody that's got values. Somebody that you can take around your boys and somebody that you know has got your back. When you're not there, is it going to be ran the way you want it to be ran? Okay. So that's 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 kind of where I'll go there. So working with what I call your partner, your life partner for for your wife, your you see what I'm saying? You're going to be able to just exponentially grow because you have somebody that you can bounce ideas off of, and they're going to be running the same direction you are. Oh, it's it's a beautiful thing. Don't be don't be in a rush. That's what I'll tell you. Gotcha. Uh, always have, always have a, always have a, um, an abundance mentality. Gotcha. Gotcha. Go kind of in, in that same vein of thinking, uh, you know, exponential growth, um, and just maximize the potential. How do you, you know, as an individual, as a businessman, uh, see yourself dominating this next decade that we have? Oh man. A very great question. Very good question. Number one, they're going to be at least one or two more recessions. And that's when wealth is transferred, okay? I want you guys, I don't know if you guys remember um, right around 2001 or so, right after 9-11, the economy tanked. Then again, the housing bubble burst around 2008, 2007, 2008, 2009, something around that. You guys remember that? Yes, I want y'all to, and then the, the current recession that's going on, how many people are unemployed right now? A ton. I think I saw it at like 25% or something. It's really crazy. Exactly. Now, I want y'all to think about that. When the downturn happens, the folks that have cash, you're going to be able to buy it wholesale. And, 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 and I'm not trying to say you're trying to be a profiteer off of people's pain. What I'm saying is 
went, like I used to live in Atlanta. Everybody drove a, a Range Rover in Atlanta or a BMW. And then they were paying rent. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. That's another story. But it was just, they were living well above their means. Let's just say that bubble burst. And a lot of houses were for sale. We, me, me and a partner bought some property in Atlanta. We bought, we bought two properties in the same neighborhood. We were trying to buy a whole block. <laughs> but the, the Canadians beat us to it. They got the whole block. But anyway, that's that's another story, Adaris. Did I answer your question? Oh yeah. So that was just pretty open ended. Just you know, however you see yourself, you know, dominating this next decade. And I think that was great. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to use the cash to buy more properties. Again, the goal: 100 properties. Okay. Well, and I see we're running out of time. We got like two minutes, guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, Uncle David, I really let me give you six books. Let me give you the six books. Okay, that's perfect. Okay, we're in there. Number one. Find you guys a Bible program where you can read the Bible in one year, okay? It'll give you some scripture every day. Like, you can do it on your phone. I do mine on the phone, okay? That's number one. And you want to do that every year because I'm telling you, book has wisdom to it. Nothing but wisdom, okay? Number two, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Okay, number three, Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell. Number four, how to win friends and influence people, Dale Carnegie. Number five, the miseducation of the Negro, Carter G. Woodson. And the sixth book, Who Moved My Cheese, Spencer Johnson. Get those six books. I have plenty more. I could have given you 20, but I, I said, let me just give them six. If you guys do these six books, number one, it's going to teach you how to sell. You got to learn how to sell. Okay. Number one, sell yourself. Okay. Number two is going to teach you how to how to work with people and understand people because you're in the people business, okay? And if you know how to work, how to people, you're good to go, okay? Now, so this was hopefully you guys were able to get something from this. Um, what I and these are just some words that I would have told my with, at 48. I would tell myself if I was back where you guys are right now. You guys have your futures ahead of you. By the time y'all get my age, y'all better be retired or I'm going to be upset. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uncle David, okay. really appreciate you coming on and chopping it up with us. We'll definitely have to have you back. Looking forward to the episode with uh, Anshin and Bray as well. Appreciate it. All you. right. Glad, glad to be here, guys. On. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. All right, All right guys. You guys. That's another episode of the Dominate the Decade podcast. Peace. Hasta luego. We got storefronts, we got employee stubs, we've been opening studios and 4040s up. The paper trail is gorgeous. Cases we bury some before a reasonable doubt drop. The jury hung. Bling bling. Every time I come around your city, bling bling. My tenure took me through Virginia. Ask Teddy Rally about me. Ask the Federalis about me. Try to build a cell around me. Snatch my nigga Emory up. Try to get him to tell about me. He told 12, give me 12. He told him to go to hell about me. Drug dealers anonymous. Y'all think Uber's the future. Our car's been autonomous.